Welcome again to our daily devotions coming to you from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We are grateful that you've chosen to join us and pray that you will feel free to share these devotions with those that you know and love. Let's now take a moment to listen to some beautiful music. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, our scripture lesson today comes from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians, beginning at chapter 5, verse 11. Hear the word of God. Paul writes and says, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade people, but we ourselves are well known to God, and I hope that we are also well known to your consciences. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you an opportunity to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast in outward appearance and not in the heart. For if we are, we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ urges us on because we are all convinced that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And if he died for all, so that those who might live no longer for themselves, but for the one who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. 
Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we no longer know him in that way. So, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. Look, new things have come into being. And all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, God made the one who knew no sin to be sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we work together with him, we entreat you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. Look, now is the acceptable time. Look, now is the day of salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. C.S. Lewis, in his great book on apologetics, entitled Mere Christianity, begins by explaining that what human beings hold most common is our common appeal to some sort of universal law. That there is a shared sense that there are some things that are good to do and there are some things that are bad. Kindness is good, violence is bad. Telling the truth is good and lying is bad. That the world has this certain structure to it that you should do all you can to do good and that you should do all you can to avoid the bad. And then Lewis goes on to suggest that God is the source of this goodness, that when we do good, we are on God's side. And, and then he goes on to explain that sometimes, oftentimes, we don't do good. And the apostle writes that sometimes I do the very thing I don't want to do and sometimes I don't do the very thing I want to do. And Lewis then goes on to say this, for the trouble is that one part of you is on his side and really agrees with his disapproval of human greed and trickery and exploitation. You may want him to make an exception in your own case to let you off this one time, but you know at bottom that unless the power behind the world really and unalterably detests that sort of behavior, well then he cannot be good. On the other hand, Lewis continues, we know that if there does exist an absolute goodness, it must hate most of what we do. This is the terrible fix we are in, he says. If the universe is not governed by an absolute goodness, then all of our efforts are in the long run hopeless. But if it is, then we are making ourselves enemies to that goodness every day and are not in the least likely to do any better tomorrow, and so our case is then hopeless again. We cannot do without it, and we cannot do with it. God is the only comfort, but God is also the supreme terror, the thing we must need and the thing we most want to hide from. He is our only possible ally, and we have made ourselves his enemies. Some people talk as if meeting the gaze of absolute goodness would be fun. Well, Lewis says they need to think again. They are still only playing with religion. Goodness is either great safety or a great danger, according to the way you react to it. And, he concludes, we 
all have reacted the wrong way. So one of the truths of our existence is that we are somehow separated from God by the very things we do that are contrary to God's hope for the world. We are alienated from the very one who created us. Some things we do to curry God's favor and some things we do to distance ourselves from God. The Greeks and the Romans set up for themselves pantheons of gods to explain and understand our position between these two things, the good and the bad, that the gods punish us for our vices and the gods reward us for our virtues, sort of a random view of what God ends up doing. But then the Apostle Paul comes along and sees that in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we have a very different kind of God. This God of Israel, this Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is no longer this quid pro quo God, not a tit-for-tat God. This God of Israel and Jesus Christ has chosen to set aside this whole structure of reality, and in Christ, God has reconciled to himself the world. Jesus gives his life for the sins of the world, and the world is now reconciled to God. Here again what Paul says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. In other words, we live in this good and bad world and the good and bad resides inside each one of us, and we're tempted to wonder if God is on our side or against us, depending on what we've done. But as brothers and sisters in Christ, we look at the cross and we see God taking the sins of the world upon himself and then setting the world right with God. The deepest, darkest parts of us are where God meets us with his love. Some of you have read the writings of Brennan Manning, the Roman Catholic priest who set out early in life to do whatever he could possibly do to please God. He tried to earn the love of God by accepting the hardest assignments a priest could accept and traveling the world and subjecting himself to the hardest conditions and serving the most difficult of communities. He, he did everything he thought he was supposed to do he journeyed everywhere he thought he was supposed to go, but what he was most afraid to do was to travel into the interior of his soul, into the journey inward. And when he did, he found the part of himself he didn't know, the stranger within, and he came to terms with all the way that he had tried to paper over all of these sins, including even his own alcoholism, and so he took the deep dive to discover all those things that God already knew about and found there that God loved him even still. Said Father Manning, to live by grace means to acknowledge my whole life story, the light side and the dark side, and admitting my shadow side, I learn who I am and what God's grace really means. Later he wrote, we should be astonished at the goodness of God, stunned that he bothers to call us by name, our mouths wide open at his love, bewildered that at this very moment we are standing on holy ground. 
So the amazing thing about this faith of ours is how amazing the grace is, how amazing God is that though we have thought up every imaginable way to distance ourselves from God, to get on God's bad side, God nevertheless is the reconciler. God does whatever it takes to be on our side and by his grace invites us into this great ministry of reconciliation. Praise be to God. Let us pray. Lord, the words to a song come to mind. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my king, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true, and it's my joy to honor you. In all I do, I honor you. Amen.